Without a doubt, the September 23rd enforcement deadline for HEPA omnibus has healthcare providers and business associates busy with their compliance efforts. I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Eric Devine, Chief Security Officer of Information Security at Riverside Medical Center in Illinois. Eric will be discussing how Riverside Medical Center is tackling its HIPAA omnibus compliance efforts. Hi, Eric. Hello, Marianne. To start, very briefly describe Riverside Medical Center and your role there. Here at Riverside, I am the Chief Security Officer for All Information Security. Also, what falls under me is telecom and network security, with the telecom being on the network these days. Uh, security is uh, most important for all our voice traffic as well. My biggest focus is information security with compliance and HIPAA um, regulations. I basically uh, have a team that reports to me on technology, and I have a team that reports to me on audit risk, and I also have a team that helps me with compliance and corporate policy. As you work on Riverside's HIPAA omnibus compliance efforts, what are some of the key areas you're focusing on now and why? I believe the biggest effort is going to be meeting that September deadline for revising our BA agreements. The new rules are having the BAs be just as responsible with PHI as a healthcare facility, and they're going to have penalties just as we do for not securing the PHI. And it's just not the BAs, it's their subcontractors all the way down the flow chain for that BA. We also, as a covered entity, are uh, liable for any civil charges or penalties that a breach of PHI from the BA so that is a big change in the omnibus rules. Deadlines are always difficult to make, and this deadline is forcing healthcare entities to change their relationship with the BA. We are now going to be responsible for the BA's reach, as I said, and all the subcontractors, which makes it more difficult to really get a handle on where the PHI is being handled and how it's being handled. Also, under the previous rule, breaches were not required to be reported unless they posted a significant risk to reputational or harm to individuals. The new standard presumes that a reportable breach has occurred unless the covered entity through risk assessment can determine that there is a low probability that PHI has been compromised by unauthorized use or disclosure. So what does that mean for us? It means more formal risk assessment and matrices that complicate the compliance committees and obviously extensive documentation, which is resource intensive. What sorts of changes are you including in your business associate agreements? The new changes obviously are are related to the BA and the covered entity with any unsuccessful and successful unauthorized access. We are asking for use, disclosure, modification, or destruction of patient data, and reporting the aggregate number of unsuccessful attempts as well. Uh, We've also tightened up our timeframes on when to report and when a breach has been cured. We've also have on our BA contracts the ability to examine their practices for protecting Riverside's PHI since now the covered entity is going to be responsible for the BA and subcontractors' uh, information. If they don't want to provide Riverside to have the ability to audit their practices, then they should provide identification to Riverside. Are many business associates haggling over your requirements, and what are you telling them if they're reluctant to agree to your terms? Actually, we have found that the non-clinical BA haggling has been more than the clinical vendors haggling. The BAs that are 
clinical-based, are understanding what requirements are needed by the omnibus rule where the smaller non-clinical vendors are having difficult understanding why we are being more restrictive. We have many vendors complaining of the use of de-identified information for any purpose. We have changed our policy and BA agreement to limit the de-identified data. We have had problems with BAs agreeing to report improper use of disclosure, generally to Riverside. Usually they're deleting the timing of the report. We have also noticed that BAs are trying to request a 30-day time period to cure breaches where we're originally asking for five days. We've also had uh, issues with adding negotiation amendments as Riverside policy changes to the BA. Most vendors want a locked-in contract with the BA regardless of the policy changes at Riverside. They've also struck out all identification discussion in our VA. I think really we're trying to educate all BAs on what the omnibus rules are, and I think we have had to have some strong discussions on if this BA is agreed to our terms and we're not negotiating either on the time frames or the identifications or the de-identified data, then we're forced almost to not use that vendor any longer. And that poses a threat. So the idea is to educate them with flyers or emails or a discussion with them before we hand them the new BA. That seems to help a little bit. Typically, the reporting notification time frame, we're willing to negotiate more than just five days, but definitely not 30 days. The non-clinical BAs are having the issues of understanding why we're making such drastic changes to the BA agreement. What other requirements do you have for breach notification, breach response, breach prevention from your business associates? That's what we enter in with the BA under the ability to audit practices from the BA. Uh, We also have limited down to 48 hours to respond and five days to cure the breach, as I've said. To limit the data breach, that is the problem that we're having because no BA wants us to be able to see their security technology in place or to secure the PHI. Um, And that's where the discussion is going to be. Uh, Some vendors are going to be more than willing to share third-party audits, and some vendors are not going to be. Uh, We haven't had too many vendors throw a curveball at us by not allowing us to at least see a third-party audit of their technology security or their technology in hand. But it's definitely going to be an issue that we are going to see in the future. I know that you previously worked in the financial sector. How did that work in that industry prepare you for overseeing data security efforts at a healthcare provider? I believe the financial sector is was overregulated and and still is. So the audits I would receive from the federal and state regulators were more technical in nature. Um, They set very strict guidelines and they had a grading system that could put the bank at a C&D order or a cease and desist order if the scores were consistently low. Obviously, securing people's money is the number one issue with the bank. Hackers and malicious malware typically want to go after the, the immediate gratification of financial gain. With healthcare, the government is a little more gray. I have been here at Riverside for a little over two years and have not had one governing agency look into our technical securities, uh, firewalls, IDSs, and so forth, whereas in the banking industry, at least once a year, if not twice a year, depending on the state of the security involved, 
we would see a technical audit done and have follow-up and consistent progress notes for the uh, FDIC or the state regulators. What lessons about data security from the financial sector do you think that the healthcare industry could benefit most from? Typically in healthcare, we find in compliance, we find Medicare and Medicaid issues across the board because that's when the government's paying the hospital, which the government never likes to pay anybody. So we all talk about the privacy for the patient, and there are very few regulations guiding the technology still. Mail encryption or DLP is key in keeping your data secure, and there's very little regulations or audits done to make sure policy and procedures are in place for that type of technology. I've been at the, in the medical field for over two years, but my family has been in the medical field all their life, which by all means is a short time for just two years, but I would already have seen three or federal state auditors wanting to know our password policies or our firewall configurations or what technical safeguards I have in place to secure the data. Uh, I haven't seen that yet at Riverside Medical Center from IDPH or, or CMS or anyone for that matter. Um, they're more interested in the privacy for the patient and how they're paying the hospital for a specific case. The problem is that to secure the data, you have to have technology in place because that's where unethical hackers or malicious malware is hitting to compromise the PHI. Um, so it will be interesting to see if the healthcare industry changes more towards the financial sector in speaking in terms of audits and, and technology audits. Going back to HIPAA omnibus compliance, what lessons or tips have you picked up along the way that you think would be helpful to others in their compliance efforts? I think first is to keep ideas simple to start and then plan from there. There's a lot to chew off from HIPAA and omnibus rules. Documentation is key. That is where you get your credit when you accomplish something within compliance or security. You must incorporate security as a philosophy as well, just not as a rule. In the end, it's about the patient and the quality of care to the patient. You want to make sure that you're securing any system with keeping in mind the workflows, efforts of the physicians and employees. There's a scale where on one end there's a convenience factor, and then on the other end there's the security. Uh, you have to know where and when to balance the weight to give functionality to the regulations and policies that are set. There is a lot of ideas and rules to take out of HIPAA, PCI, and high tech and the omnibus rules. Know what your risk return on investment is when implementing technologies, um, not just based on cost, but what makes sense to implement at any technology level based on risk and resources involved. Risk management can really go a long way in helping define what your next step should be and try to be more proactive than reactive to policy creating. That seems to definitely help. Thanks, Eric. I've been speaking to Eric Devine of Riverside Medical Center. I'm Marian Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.